You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. When I was a boy, I started to hide things in the linings of the garments. Things that only I knew were there. Secrets. Good morning. Will you have dinner with me? Yes. I feel as if I've been looking for you for a very long time. You look beautiful. Very beautiful. I have things I want to do. Things I simply cannot do without you. Reynolds has made my dreams come true. And I have given him what he desires most in return. <laughs> Every piece of me. Why are you not married? <laughs> has cast a very long shadow. She's barely looked at you this evening, has she? May I warn you of something? My brother can feel cursed that love is doomed for him. I don't like the fabric. Maybe one day you'll change your taste. Maybe I like my own taste. Just enough to get you into trouble. Perhaps I'm looking for trouble. Stop! There is an air of quiet death in this house. You're not cursed. You're loved by me. Stop playing this game. What game? What precisely is the nature of my game? All your rules and your clothes and all this money and everything is a game. This was an ambush. Stop. Are you sent here to ruin my evening and possibly my entire life? Stop it! Whatever you do, do it carefully. Hello, welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. And I'm Angela. And the sounds you hear may be dogs. Uh, this month is a heavy hitters month. We're just there. There's And there's going to be more good movies. This yes. week alone. Oh my God. Is kind of huge. Yeah. And, uh, on, and this time for our strange romance topic, uh, which last week was uh, Crimes of the Future. Yeah, and this week is uh, done by a fel- an up and coming director, <laughs> uh, an indie guy. Maybe you've heard of him by the name of Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna no. Go ahead. No. No, I was just gonna say that this movie this month is perfect. Like we've been having these heavy hitters that we missed, but like the idea, uh, like these strange romance films. Mm. I could watch every single day. The, was, I don't like the classic bullshit, like, love story, meet cute, Julia Roberts situation. Yeah, yeah. I grew up watching that shit. It's fine, but it's also stupid. I like things that are, like, more... That stuff has its charm. It does, but it it, it has its, its charming. But it's not, like, It's not like good. this. It's it doesn't, not like, like get you. Yeah, uh, you know... Paul Thomas Anderson, I guess his period piece movies, he doesn't have many. I guess Boogie uh-uh. Nights does count. Yes, because it's the 70s. And then, yeah, There Will Be Blood. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a... I, I go back and forth in my mind whether my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie is There Will Be Blood or the one we are talking about today, Phantom Thread. Before this, I would have said my favorite 
Paul Thomas Anderson movie was Magnolia mm-hmm. because I was very obsessed with it. I still on the reg listen to the soundtrack for um, that. What movie. does reg mean? Uh, regular. Oh, I'm cool. Okay. Um, I'm very cool. V cool. That's me. V. Obs. Obs. Your vagina cool. <laughs> Obs to OBS Studio, the program I use. Listen. I'm confused. <laughs> uh. Anyway, I. Would have said Magnolia. Now, it is Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. This is my new favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and it might be one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. It is also written by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. The king. We saw him when we discussed My Beautiful Laundrette. In, like, his first film, right? Uh, yeah. Or first, like, notoriety. His first like, notable his first, role, like, yeah. When people were like, oh, we gotta watch this kid. Uh, Vicky... Creeps, Crips, uh, it's spelled K-R-I-E-P-S. She plays Alma. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis is playing a fellow by the name of Reynolds Woodcock. I didn't make that up. Yeah. And <laughs> Leslie Manville, Manville plays Cyril, Reynolds Woodcock, Cyr- uh, sister. Yes. And she does That's hard to say. Reynolds Woodcock's Reynolds sister, Woodcock. Cyril. <laughs> So she's Cyril Woodcock. I don't think she's married. No, she's not. They talk about that because his he's a dressmaker. He's a designer. And the first dress he ever made was his mother's wedding dress. And there's this thing where if you work on a wedding dress, if you touch a wedding dress, you're never going to get married. And Cyril helped him with the wedding she, dress. That's all she does is touch wedding dresses. And she has just been with him their whole lives. You can just tell they have this like routine that they're in and at first i thought i didn't like her but she's just fucking cool no don't turn it on me i don't want your cloud on my oh, shut up oh, you can shut right up don't pick a fight with me you certainly won't come out alive i'll go right through you and it'll be you who ends up on the floor understood she's kind of put up like she's going to be an antagonist but she's actually while she is loyal to her brother and keeping this business he's a dressmaker for high society mm-hmm. in post-war england i'm guessing this takes place in like the late 40s mm-hmm. uh, in london mm-hmm. and she's very much protective of her brother but she's also respects the elements the alma element that is defiant challenging in the house of order she kind of begrudgingly respects that because i think that the two of them, Reynolds and Cyril, are in such a routine that she, what's the right word? He's dependent upon her. She is allowing him to behave the way that he behaves yeah. for the sake of the art. But honestly, like, I love Alma comes in and she's like, I think he's weak and he's being selfish. And, you know, like, yeah. he's. It's so cool to see someone. Anyway, we need to tell the she, story, she's, but it's she's so good. also like like his life agent as well. Cyril is yeah. Like at the she's very, basically like the manager at the very beginning of it. Um, she he says she says to Reynolds at breakfast like talks about a girl that's been working for them and and he's like, are you just going to be a, like a ghost to this girl or do you want me to like let her go for she's you? She's not been working. She's his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She's not been working for him. Yeah. That's because there's this part where at the very beginning you realize that like he does this in cycles. He, ha- he finds a new muse until mm. he tires of them. Yeah. Right. And so this girl looks at him and says, I'm just waiting. Like, like, is there anything I can say to make you pay attention to me again? Yeah. 
And then, yeah, Cyril's like, you need to just let just, her go. Yeah, just get rid of just her. Just let her go. And, well, she offers to do it for him, and she does. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like, I'll give her the October dress. Yeah. It's like, you, you decide they're going to, like, give give her a parting oh, gift. Oh, yeah. It's like, take her. this and goodbye. Uh, here's your designer dress for putting in your time. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell they've done this over and over again. So, Reynolds goes to his favorite countryside little breakfast joint, and he gets his Welsh rarebit. And I think it's important to note for what we're going to talk about later that this is right after a big show or dread like something huge has just happened yeah and so he needs to relax he's drained right yeah. and so cyril says to him go to the country tonight i'll meet you there later so, he, so he goes to the country so he goes to this, this restaurant and he sees this waitress there and she's like a she's like a french girl uh I, we, she's kind of country right she's totally country she's literally like a ruddy-cheeked country girl and they instantly make a connection yeah and it's not clear if maybe he has been seeing her for a while. I don't know. And that they just now communicate here. Or if this is the first time that they've laid eyes on. They can't stop staring at each other. And they're just grinning like children as they get closer and closer. And this movie, it's it's not so much a, a, about like love. Because you get that there's a real connection yeah. at the beginning. It's a story of how this couple not only fell for each other... But learn that they are forever bound together. Yeah. They need each other to survive. Yeah. And that's what's amazing. And I think when you just were talking about that, do you know what it reminded me of? What? The relationship in Thief. Yeah. Where we had this same conversation where you were like, I think he's been seeing her. And I was like, no, I think this is the first time. No. When you know, you fucking know. Well, when you're not sure, then you've done a pretty good job of making, yeah. having that connection be apparent i think they just immediately because she tells him her name they've never met well she writes it down Almost. he orders a shit ton of food and oh, she just, writes him this note and she's that's like the english breakfast eat like a whole horse and then you're good until dinner oh yeah but she writes on this little note for the hungry boy yeah my name is alma yeah after he's asked her to dinner yeah it's so sweet. And then... He also looks younger immediately. Did you notice that? He looked mm. really old at the beginning because he was, like, tired and, like, stressed. And then when he saw her, it's like he lost 10 years, 15 years. Well, what can you say about old DDL, old Daniel Day, right? I mean, the guy... It, it ain't hype. This dude is, like, like the actor. He's... Amazing. Like he's so good with the subtlety and the, he's good at tension. He's good at like when it, when he looks genuinely sincere, he's good at that. I mean, this guy, he's got, well, I thought he was gay while I was sitting through my beautiful laundrette. I was like, Oh, he's gay. He's not really. No, I wondered (laughs) in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. At the the, the very beginning, for a hot second, I was like, does he even fuck these girls? But he does. The dressmaker, he's got to be gay, right? Right? Well, he gives her this speech about how he's a confirmed bachelor. Mm. And he's never meant to be married. And he's he's not like, they're flirty. But he's not like hitting on her. And do we don't even see them kiss for a long time. But he's putting clothes on her. And that's like more intimate. Yeah. Because as soon as the night he meets her, they go to dinner and then he takes her back to the to the house in the country and he immediately starts fitting her for a dress. Yeah. And you know that as soon as he's doing that, that she's there to stay and she knows too. But 
when they're doing the fitting and he's fitting her for a dress a little later, it suddenly become because he's so laser focused on his job. Yeah. It goes from being something that's really cool to her and you could tell it's starting to make her uncomfortable. Well, because Cyril shows up. He snaps into a zone. Mm-hmm. And Cyril comes up and it just makes the whole scenario seem a lot more like business. So it becomes more awkward. Well, because there's also a little bit of like Cyril throwing her weight around because he asked her to take down the measurements and she's measuring. And at one point he goes, you don't have any breasts. And she's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, no, you're perfect. Yeah. And then, but then later, so he's like kind of critiquing her body a little, but he's also like telling her like he loves it. Yeah. Later, Cyril says to her, which like is a backhanded compliment. She goes, you're the perfect type. He likes a little tummy. (laughs) Which is like, this girl is gorgeous and like thin and whatever. But it's just like, she does look like a purse, like a real person. You know, like her proportions Mm -hmm. are not like hourglass, you know. And, but just the fact that she says that, it's almost like. And she rarely. I've seen them come and go. They're even, not even for movie purposes. I mean, maybe there's something there, but she's not really ever wearing makeup. He takes her lipstick off at dinner. And the one time she wears makeup, he has her take it off. Like, I want to see you, you. Mm -hmm. So we see just her natural beauty throughout the whole movie. The only time she wears makeup in the movie after that, when she just kind of does it for him and then he asks her not to, he says that he says, I like to see who I'm talking to, mm. which I loved. The only time you see her in makeup after that is when she's modeling his outfits. So after some time, um, they finally consummate the relationship in the extra rooms and where they he live works. There. He lives there. Yeah. And so we go to next day and she's at breakfast and she's buttering the toast <laughs> being really loud. Mm. She's chewing things really loud. And, She's like crunching and chomping and cutting. And he's getting like really annoyed and he's talking about how you're too loud. You need to chew quiet. Bre- breakfast should be quiet. You can't be too loud at breakfast. Yeah. And you get that she totally understands. She's not oblivious at no. all. She understands that it's annoying the fuck out of him. And it's just kind of her way of like rattling this guy who is so structured in his yeah. life. And it's very funny. She's not going to not be herself. Mm-hmm. And she's challenging him. She's getting him out of his comfort zone. And so she begins, like, as it's alluded in his past relationships, she begins to work into and work in the shop with him. Yeah, within within this big house. Like, he lives there. Cyril lives there. She moves in. He moves her in immediately. Mm. And then, yeah, every morning all these women come to, and it's like 20 women, his, all his seamstresses. And they're dressing high society people, like royalty. Yeah, and these seamstresses celebs. are all like older ladies. It's like Nana and Penny and Biddy are their names. Like they're yeah, very yeah. little old ladies. And some time passes and there's like some push and pull over small bits of control. Mm-hmm. And Riddle, Reynolds gets annoyed, but he's always kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. And one day he's just not feeling very good and he gets a little ill and it's said that like he gets like that every few days. Oh, I forgot to state that this whole movie is framed around her narrating this to a man. We find out. Yeah. And we find out the man is like their doctor. Yeah. But that's the whole movie is framed around her narrating, like telling the story of their relationship. 
Yeah, so what happens when he doesn't feel well, what it is is that he's crashing again because they've had this big show. They had this, like, display. Like, all the girls were in their dresses. Right, but it was, like, so stressful for him. Like, he gave so much of himself. And she's, like, she's narrating this bit. She's, like, he gives so much of himself that then he needs to calm down. Mm -hmm. And so she, they went to the country, just the two of them, and they were alone. And there's this part where she's, like, in bed, like, holding him. And she talks about how... That's her favorite time when he... He's a baby, a spoiled a little baby. baby. Well, yeah, he becomes a spoiled baby, but he's sweet and he's tender and he's open. And Does she that feels sound like familiar? Only, yes. It feels like it's the only time <laughs> that he is himself 100%. And I don't think that part. But but yeah, when you get really sick, like you're actually really sweet. I'm a little baby. You are. I'm a, a spoiled baby. little baby yeah. on my back. When you're very sick, yeah, <laughs> you are a spoiled little baby. It, it really leaves a strong impression on her. And so when he starts to get better, he becomes more of a, like a stern conservative dick again. Yeah. And so there's this one point where, but she's also very much, even though she's like from, you know, a different class background, she becomes very much like she buys, she buys into his art. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's this point where, He's got to dress this high oh society God. woman, drunk, and she comes in and she's drunk, and he and he's, and from the get go, he's like, I don't want to do this, and Cyril's like, Well, she pays for this house, right? So this they have, and this lady's getting married for like, who knows the the upteenth time, and but he's dressing her for the engagement announcement, like it's mm. a big press event, yeah. And so so he so she's like, I want you to be there, I need you to be there, and he doesn't want to go, yeah. And so, yeah, she she's pretty much begging him, says, you must be at my wedding. So they go. Well, at the press event. And the press event, which is all kind of the same thing, right? It's No, the wedding is going to be later. He doesn't make a wedding dress for her because oh. the, the idea is that he's going to make this engagement dress for her. And then he would make the, wedding, make dress, the wedding dress. She wants him to come there on that day to this like press event. I thought it was a wedding originally, too, until yeah. I realized what was going on. And so it's this whole thing about she's marrying this foreign man. It's like her fifth marriage or some shit. And she's got this like adult son. But she's drunk and yeah. acting a fucking fool. She's a total mess. And she gets taken back to... She passes out. Yeah, she passes out at her event. And they drag her back into her room, almost getting, like, upset. She knows what Reynolds is thinking. He's just mad about it. Because he takes his shit so serious. And this woman is just going to be all messy and gross in his clothes. Mm -hmm. And then Alma just goes back, goes to her room, uh... They knock on the door. Her son answers and they like force themselves in and she's passed out on the dress and they take the dress off and Reynolds informs the family like, or no, Alma Alma actually says, Alma says, it's no business of ours what Mrs. Rose decides to do with her life. But she can no longer behave like this and be dressed by the house of Woodcock. They, They cut her off, but this is a lady that pays a lot. But it doesn't fucking matter because he also dresses princesses, we find out soon after. But she obviously does give him a lot of money. But that was one of the sweetest, like, lovey scenes that he and Alma had was right after that. Because they're kind of running through the street with the dress. And he stops her at one point and just kisses her in the street. 
Yeah. Which you don't get that he's done that often. And yeah, he just yeah. looks at her and he's like, thank you. Because they're on the because exact Because Cyril would have been like, don't say a word. We need yeah, her yeah. business. And she was like, she does not fucking deserve it. Yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, because she started to cry. And he's like, don't be sad over this. And she's like, I'm not sad. I'm he, mad. He would have been, he would have been high society polite about it. But her approach is to be like, give me that fucking dress. You're never wearing our shit ever again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. Because she respected it. It got him hard. Him. It did. It did. <laughs> but again, he yeah. always goes back to being stodgy. Yeah, yeah. Always. So it's always that back and forth. Gotta get in his what, routine. What did you think of the dresses? I, I didn't like them. You didn't. Most of Yeah. The, <laughs> I, I've got it on our uh, little screen here. Uh, yeah. The one that Alma wears that is like a kind of a light pink. That's one of the better it ones. It looks like. It, it's, you remember that frame shot? It's showing on the screen here. Of it, it looks kind of like a wedding dress, but that dress is stunning. Wait, is it the lacy one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, the lacy one is gorgeous. So, oh, there's also this thing where he sews things into dresses, like it's like a wish or a hope or a dream. And so, with this dress, this this lacy dress, he tells her that he's been saving this lace forever. To make it into a dress. And he makes it for her to wear. And they do this big photo shoot and stuff. But he sews her name into the lining of this yeah, dress. Yeah. Like this dress is for her. And he and he talks about. And he, he initially talks about this with his mother. When he made her a dress. For her second wedding. Mm-hmm. And he sewed something into there for her. But he, he was very close to his mother. And she died of course. Mm-hmm. So another incident. Well, it's not an incident. She, uh, well, almost been harvesting some, some uh, plant life. She has been. She's been going out <laughs> with the the cooks and looking at mushrooms, and she's been collecting some mushrooms and studying with a little mushroom book to know mm-hmm. the difference between the good mushrooms and the poison mushrooms. And she before this though, she tries. To kick everyone out of the house. Oh, right. And have a night alone with him. Which she successfully does, but it doesn't no, work No, they out. fight. Like, she gets everyone out of the house, but he ends up just, it throws him off so much that he can't be nice. Like, and they end up fighting. And she's like, why the fuck am I here? I'm just waiting for you to make me leave. Yeah, yeah. But then they don't break up. They are figuring it out. And that's when we see her putting some stuff into a tea for him. Or a... Uh, or a martini or something like that. Or a drink, a cocktail. Anyway. Yeah, she puts something in there. So she drinks it and he gets sick. Yeah. And now when he gets sick, he's laid out. And there's this push and pull between her and Cyril. And we've established that Cyril kind of respects her. Oh, yeah. But Cyril still wants to kind of control. Because that's all That's all he let. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as much Reynolds' fault as it is Cyril's that, like, they're constantly like you know babying each other mm-hmm. having to be there so so cyril will be like come on come on let him rest but alma will not leave his side she like closes the door behind cyril and stays in the room and of him. course he becomes that spoiled little baby that super sweet little boy and that then, she gets to love and pet and, and take care of and uh cyril goes and gets a doctor and the doctor <laughs> comes to see him, and and the doctor's like, "Fuck off!" No, oh, no Reynolds. No. Reynolds like, tells the doctor off. to fuck off. He's like, "Alma, there's an annoying little man in my room. Make him leave." <laughs> and then he has a vision of his mother in the wedding dress that he made for her, 
for her second wedding. And he sees the mother and he's talking to her. He's like, are you really there? Mm-hmm. And, and he tells her how much he misses her and how much he loves her. And then, of course, the door opens and it's Alma mm-hmm. who comes back in. And that to him is like a sign. Because mm-hmm. he says to his mother, I wish I could talk to you. Yeah. And then this woman who's taking care of him walks in the room. The next day he feels a lot better and he asks Alma to marry him. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it kind of like he gets sick. It reinvigorates his passion, his understanding of his love for her. Did you also get that that was the first time he said he loved her? Because she has said it a few times. Yeah, he didn't say and it And I at think first. he realized in his like poisonous mushroom haze of like throwing up and having visions that sh- he needs her yeah. and that he really does love her and he never wants her to go. So they do get married. So she, her personal curse of touching wedding dresses doesn't happen. She marries. Well, you know what he does? What? When he's making the wedding dress for the princess. No curse or something like he that? He does. He, he, he sews in the words, no, um, never cursed. And sews that into the wedding dress because she's working on that wedding dress. And so he does it like for Alma to never be cursed. And it's so amazing because basically she poisons him during the making of this dress. And Mm. they have to stay up like all night fixing this dress. And she finds that. And it's also like her going, okay, I'm doing the right thing because he does actually really love me. Like she finds that because she has to undo the – because they have to redo the hymn. Mm. And she finds this little message. I don't know. It's just – it's like he left her a message that she was never supposed to see. So the relationship isn't perfect from then on. There's a New Year's event, and he doesn't want to go. She wa- she wants to go dancing. All, all, all he knows is to work, work, work in his routines and routines. Yeah. But, like, he's torn over the guilt. Like, a basic relationship things are, like, an intense struggle for him. Because whenever it's gotten hard at all, he's just said goodbye. So she just leaves to go dance for New Year's Eve, and he eventually does go find her at an event and there's this one part where some float thing almost falls on her and he has to go like and he goes and like finds her and it's really interesting because he pulls her and she pulls her out of shot Mm -hmm. and then we leave new year's eve Mm -hmm. right and we and we don't see what happened right after that shot until a little later Mm -hmm. but there's a point where he's just well, the business has slowed down a bit. He 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 dressed a princess and stuff, but after that, like certain clients are going to other houses for other dresses because they're wanting things more chic, which is a word. He and hates. he's definitely more of a probably why you don't like the dresses that much. They do feel a little stodgy, at least most they of them. They are stuffy, but that's okay. Sto- I don't know if stodgy was the right word, but well, I called him stodgy earlier. But the dresses are stuffy. I mean, it's very regal. Yeah, they're very classic. Um, that's why I do like the dress he makes for her the most, the dresses he makes for her, because when she's inspiring him, it is more youthful and it is beautiful. So there's this scene where Reynolds is just frustrated. Oh God. Yeah. And he's talking to Cyril and Alma comes in behind him, but he's just talking and he, you can know that he, that he senses that she's there and he's telling Cyril like, she casts a long shadow over this house. We built this house. I've made mistakes in my I've life. I've made a mistake. And I need you to help me get out of it, he says. To yeah, her. I, we. She does not belong in this house, but she's not gone. Mm-mm. She just kind of, still kind of hangs in there. And then we get this awesome scene in the movie. 
this scene where he's sitting in the kitchen and she's making they're out in the country again she's picked she's done a few more she's been picking some more uh plants, plants right? and she makes him some tea yeah well an omelet oh it is an omelet you're right she she cooks the mushrooms she's chopping up the mushrooms oh, and he hates butter yeah he hates butter he he despises it she does this all the time. Every anything that he says he hates food wise, she will cook the thing that she yeah. hates. And she does it on purpose because yeah. that's her way of loving him to rattle him mm-hmm. out of his day to day and the things that he wants. And there's this moment. So he's sitting at the table and she's in the kitchen and they're very close to each other, like ten feet away, and she's preparing this whole thing and he's watching it. And it's it's not spoken. In so many words, but there's this moment of understanding that comes over his face when she hands him the omelet. Yeah. And you know, he he knows. He says something, and she says, I want you flat on your back. Helpless. Tender. Open. It's only me to help. You know I'll take care of you. Like I'm, I'm not. This, you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. And he's like, I know. And while she's sitting there watching him, he eats. He's the slowly omelet eating this omelet that he knows is gonna make him sick. Yeah, like this scene where he slowly eats this omelet, and they're just looking at each other. And he knows he's going to eat something that's just going to turn him right. into a, a fragile little baby. So good. And then, and then. And it cuts to a scene where, like, he's got this bowl where he's throwing up. But they're, like, he's sick. But they're, like, But they're loving. laughing. They're, they're, like, cuddling and stuff, kind of. And then he goes, he goes, you may want to call your doctor. And she's like, you don't trust me? And he's like, I do, but maybe just to be sure. And then he's like, and you may want to leave now. And she because kisses him on the head up. and she leaves and he starts puking. And then there's kind of some flash forward stuff about what she imagines their life might be. But the most she, important moment is at the very end. Yeah. And she's describing like basically their love and how it will last forever and ever mm-hmm. even and well into the beyond. And She's talking to their doctor, the one that he doesn't oh, yeah. like. Even if one of even if he were to die tonight, so the doctor's gotten there. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, even if he dies tonight, it doesn't matter because I will find him in the next life. And we are we, bound to each other. And then we see that Reynolds has been late and this whole time where she's talking to this doctor, narrating the story, outlining the story for us. That Reynolds has been laying his head in her lap the entire time. You know though. That she did not tell the doctor that she poisoned him. Yeah. She set that up at the beginning when she was talking about how he gets so into his work that then he crashes. And and it happens every few months. Yeah. And that's exactly what this he's is. He's sick for a few days. He's and sick then for he's a better. few days every few months. And it re- he resets. Yeah. And then he's and, better. And that's when we get the flashback of... Them dancing in the middle of that New Year hall together after it's all after over. everyone has left, and really, I mean, great shots here. I mean, Paul I Thomas thought- Anderson did his own cinematography. Oh, he wow. refuses to take credit as a cinematographer, but he, he did is an amazing. But, but he one. did his own cinematography here. I thought that that was the next New Year's because I I thought she had on a different dress. 
But then, oh. because then it shows her with a baby carriage and then leaving a baby with Cyril. And then it shows them um, at, at, and some doing something else. But to me, it's because then she goes, and I imagine our life. And she's like saying all these things. And then that's when you realize he's in her lap because he says to her, but we're still here right now. Yeah. And she's like, yes, we are here right now. Yeah. And we're together. And like that's all that matters kind of deal. This is um uh, this is an interesting form of Munchausen's. Yeah, it's this not is Munchausen's. Munchausen's. No, it is. Well she except she, 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 their relationship bonds when she poisons him. He knows that she's poisoning him and he accepts it because it so reset and it makes their love stronger. So yeah, this is a fucking like Munchausen's by proxy kind of. Okay, it's Munchausen's. It's not Munchausen's. It's Munchausen's dependent or something. Like there's a different. There's got to be a different phrase for it because he knows and he's okay with it. It's sexy Munchausen's. It's. <laughs> it's sexy Munchausen's is what it is. <laughs> and that's the movie Phantom Thread. And what a, what a what a great movie. Oh this my is. god. Yeah. I was kind of blown away a few years ago when I watched it. I can't believe I've never seen it or that you didn't have me watch it before I don't now. know. I don't think you knew anything about it. Didn't. I was like describing it. And I mentioned the term erotic Munchausen to you years ago. <laughs> and you and you went, ooh. But, but, you, but you never remember what I say unless you can personally associate it visually. Yeah, I have to. I'm a very visual person. Because, it's hard for me. Because the reality is, is that I've told you about this movie ten times. But it, but yeah, if I'd seen a preview for it or scenes of it, even I might have remembered it. It's it's really hard for me if I don't have a visual memory. But you finally got to it. So oh my god, I'm never gonna forget. And it. now we're gonna hump this movie one through five. Okay, I'm ready. Combined for best out of ten. Go ahead. Five. I fucking love this movie. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. And even though the dresses were not my style, everything was perfect. Will any week be as good as this one? Will any month? We're we're in a predicament again where I'm like, we need some shitty movies. We need to watch some shitty movies. Maybe they're coming. We might get a bunch of middling ones. We haven't gone to see some of these summer films we said we were going to see. And I have a feeling there's a few bombs in there when we did the summer preview mm-hmm. there was no way we were going to watch all those movies i well, knew no, but i, I knew we were few. well yeah we're still going to watch a few yeah. but i knew that we were going to watch most of those movies it's too much it'd be too much yeah oh i also give it a five so <laughs> so that's two episodes in a row <laughs> with uh, a perfect movie score what are our other tens? Uh, our tens, you know, <laughs> I can't remember. Sunset Boulevard is a nine point seven five. Yeah. How did it? How, I forget. It how, was your fault. All right. Well, let's. I'm going to make it a ten right now. Okay, you gave it a four seven five, and I was mad at you. <laughs> I was like, Bobby, how? Listen, it doesn't. If it's an S tier, they're all amazing. It that was matter. the. That was what you said that day. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. I keep laughing. Loud. All right. Well, is it? What are the nine? Honestly, what are the Sunset ten? Boulevard should probably be. Sunset Boulevard is fourth in S tier. It probably should be number one. What are all the tens? We'll reorder them right now. After the Sun, Thief, Paris, Texas, and Sunset Boulevard. And now, Phantom Thread. Where in where in there do you think Phantom Thread belongs? So we put After Sun above Thief. Yes. Above Paris, Texas. Yes. 
above Sunset Boulevard. Right. But they're all like Perfect. equal. Yeah. I think that this one should be a 10, but under Sunset Boulevard. All right. But there you go, folks. Phantom Threads in league with Sunset Boulevard Thief, Paris, Texas, and After Sun. Yes. I mean, we see that they we got a number one After Sun, and, but honestly, <laughs> you could jumble this order. It, it doesn't could, really matter. They could matter. all just be on a line next yeah, to each other. Yeah, it's just... We, for. Because we got that elder millennial brain, we just got to make everything into a fucking list for whatever reason. But there you go, (laughs) Phantom Thread. If This one kind of quietly came and went. It did surpass its budget of $35 at a $47.8 Mm. probably because of international audience again. But Paul Thomas Anderson is kind of one of those guys. And and this movie came out in uh, Christmas of 2017. You'll recall that his other movie, Licorice Pizza, came out in Christmas of 2021. He seems Mm. to be swinging for that. So he's one of these guys that is able to get a a good movie on a prestigious, broad, broadly marketed scale. Whether or not it hits or misses, you know, that's that's where the cookies are crumbling with modern movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we haven't talked about it. There's been a writer's strike going on. So, like, by the end of the year... It may just all be like older movies that we talk about, period. That's true. But let's move along. Next week, uh, we will continue with some heavy hits. All right? Will they be as good as this week? I don't know. This week is very strong. We got to watch Let the Right One in soon. I'll be early next month. Okay. All right. So check the show notes for links and places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. (laughs) 